Welcome in, welcome in. You are locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Can it start it with a little classic Britney Spears? I'm a slave for you. I got a story about that song. I'm going to tell it in a little bit. Um, because, you know, the Neptunes produced it. That was when the Neptunes were hot like fire. And, um, of course... Well, I'll get into it in a second. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. I, of course, am your host. This is the show where we hit all the trending topics across entertainment, sports, lifestyle, and culture. And as the station says, listen, we have a lot of things to get into tonight. It is heated on this Thursday evening. So I hope that you are comfortable, that you have a beverage, perhaps a libation. It is Thursday, which is Friday, Junior, right? And you are comfortable and ready to dive into these topics. Now, listen, if you aren't already, hit us up on social, KBLA 1580. I, of course, am at Stiletto Jill everywhere. If you want to, at any point in time, add your commentary to this conversation, hit us up, 800-920-1580. That is the number. Call in. Give us your opinion. We like it. And, of course, if you want the visual experience to this audio experience, hop into the YouTube chat. We are there. There's always, always a lot of conversation and opinions. It's pretty interesting in there. So go check that out now. Let me give you the rundown of tonight's topics of the things that we're going to get into. So first up, Ebony K. Williams is at it again. You know, we love Ebony K. Williams. Well, the lawyer in her, she says in an interview that prenups are not just for the very rich. Prenups are for middle class couples, too. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Talk to, um, you know, I have a guest tonight. So I'm going to ask her a couple of the Ebony K. Williams questions because I want to hear her opinion on it. We always talk a little bit about that. And it's always interesting to get some insight from people. We're also going to talk about Rick Ross. He has a new girlfriend. And, you know, Rick Ross will keep it moving on a relationship. A lot of rings, a lot of situations, and then a lot of new girlfriends. Nothing wrong with that. But his latest girlfriend, after she received some commentary that people say she's just with Rick Ross because he's rich, you know, she says that you guys are just haters and you have never had a man to keep you in your power. I want to get into what the heck does that mean? We're going to talk about that and a little bit about, you know, why some people may be skeptical about this latest situation. And then in hour three, we are going to get into a story regarding an ex-Facebook DEI executive, you know, that's diversity and inclusion, who embezzled $4 million from the company in order to fund her lavish lifestyle. Between here and Atlanta. You already know what that means. We're going to get into that. And of course, as I mentioned earlier in the week, in the last hour, we have interviews from Sterling K. Brown and Jeffrey Wright for their new film, American Fiction. We're also going to be talking to Taraji P. Henson, Fantasia, and Danielle Brooks from the new musical, The Color Purple. And we got a little reality TV interview for you with Letitia Lunsford. That's sweet tea, y'all, from Married to Medicine. So make sure that you are tapped in for that in hour three. And, and 
We have a guest in studio tonight. Her name is Shells. She is a social media sensation. She's a media personality, but I guarantee you, you have seen her commentary on social media, on any of the blog sites, on any of other news sites. You've seen her on TMZ, all of that. We're going to get into it with her and some of these trending topics. Uh, I've been waiting for Shells to come through because uh, we're going to have a good time. I love her commentary on these things. We're also going to talk a little bit about Megan the Stallion and Party and their little media barbs and exchanges because we haven't talked too much about that and more. But before we get into all of that, as if that isn't enough, of course, I have a couple of conversation starters for you. These are topics that we don't really have time to get the full story tonight in. But I want you to be aware because what? I keep you aware, right? So first up, if you haven't heard... Eddie Murphy is coming back as Axel Foley next summer on Netflix 2024 Beverly Hills Cop Axel F is dropping the teaser for it just dropped all across social media. So make sure you hit it up. You know, that is one of Eddie's signature roles. And I'm curious to see if he's back in his action movie bag, like comedy thing. I want to see the combination of it. If you haven't checked out Eddie in Candy Cane Lane right now, which is on Prime Video, it's a nice, funny family comedy. That's great. You can lock into that, too. But I'm excited to see what he's bringing as Axel Foley. And also, listen, when we come forward, I am going to tell you about the new stars for season two of Queen's Court. You know, that's the Peacock reality dating show that Tamar Braxton, Nivea, and Evelyn Lozada was on. Two of them found fiancés. One of those fiancés is very, very messy, but season two rolls on. So we're going to tell you who the new bachelorettes are going to be. All of that and more on the other side. You are locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. You were locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So listen, before we before we came forward, yeah, um, I was telling you about the new Bachelorettes coming to Peacock's Queen's Court. Remember season one, it had Tamar Braxton, Evelyn Lozada, and Nivea. If you're curious about the age range of this show, Tamar is 46, Evelyn was 48, Nivea was 41. Well, season two, it was already announced that K. Michelle will be one of the contestants. Yes. So joining K. Michelle, according to the Jasmine brand, they exclusively got this info, is that Lisa Ray McCoy, 56, and Delicious, born Chandra Davis, 45, have signed on to complete the the trio. So uh, I think that might be some interesting reality TV. That is an interesting cast, right? We're going to be ready to get it in. Okay, so look, I am not alone here. And since we are... Obviously going to get into that and Miss Ebony K. Williams, because I know we have a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. I want to welcome, as I told you, she is, listen, a social media darling, a media personality. (laughs) She has a new (laughs) podcast dropping soon. Please welcome Shell in the building. Hey, hey, y'all. Hello. I'm being all shy. 
I like, know. Hi. hi. I'm like, hi, you guys. But no, thank you so much, Jill, for having me. I am like just so elated to be here. Like it took some time, you know, just due to scheduling things like that. But I'm so excited. I adore you. Like I'm so glad I came. Like Jill has, like you guys, Jill has. I've known Jill since I first started doing red carpets and Jill, just who you are as a person, uh-huh. just your disposition, just like you were always ready to help. You didn't even know. Like, I felt like such a little baby on carpets. And then like you were just there. You didn't even know me. And I think that just shows a lot about your character. So I'm super excited for you and I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. Listen, aw, look, aw. Sound effects. Do you, but you don't even remember where we met. Jill, I don't. I'm so okay, young, so girl. My you. memory be no, so awful. Listen. Because it's funny, we met at Drea Michelle's Prower Brunch. No. That is where we met. Are you serious? That's where we met. It wasn't a carpet? It was before you were doing carpets. Are you serious? Yes. Jill, I'm so glad your memory is that good. I literally thought we were on a carpet and I just remember like having like a tripod issue and you were like, oh, let me help you or scoot right here. Like you were assisting me. That's where, I mean, we, I think we, we met at Drea's thing. We didn't see each other for a couple years and then, you know. Look at that. But that's like, where we met at Drea's. I always get amazed when I hear stories. It's like, it's like fate, fate to me. You know what I mean? Like you're in the same space with somebody and then like this time passes and then you end up in the same space with them again. Like, wow. I didn't even know that. That Power Bunch. I remember her little Power Bunch series. They were a little cool at the, um. The uh, Zen Lounge, the Zen Lounge, yes. Zen Lounge right there I in the missed valley. the Zen Lounge. Uh, well, you know, mm-hmm. if you it, listen, mm-hmm. if you listen to some of the topics, um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yes, we'll, we'll have to mm-hmm. cash that in. Yeah, we don't know. Um, so listen, Ebony K. Williams, we've heard a lot about Ebony over the past few months. She has a show that is on the griot. This clip that we're going to play is from. In an interview that she did with the Earn Your Leisure podcast, which, you know, is about finances mm-hmm. and dealing with us and our finances mm-hmm. and setting that up, investing, things of that nature. So we know that she got in trouble with people when the bus commentary came Oh, around. yeah. Oh, yes. What, what was your position on that? I agreed with her. Okay. Girl, don't get me started. Like, don't even get me started. No, like, I get what she was saying. And everyone was so mad at her. It's just like when Tyler Perry came out with the clip and he was like, if your man could only pay the light bill. And it's like, why? Why? But why do I have to date some? Like, okay, let's just say you do drive a bus. Like, there are women out there that are willing to accept that. Why are you coming over here with my multiple, multiple degrees, my salary, my lifestyle that I've already built for myself as a single woman and say I have to settle I don't want to say settle because that's the wrong word to use it has like a negative connotation that I have to date somebody that I deem is just not at the same appropriate level for me correct you know what I'm saying and then it's like there are women out there that would do it. So it's like, why are we always having this conversation with women who have all this stuff going for themselves, all this stuff going on, this amazing life that they build for themselves, climbing financial ladders, climbing degree ladders, climbing ladders in their field to say, well, you know, just because you have all that stuff, what's wrong with dating somebody with a bus driver? Because there are more bus drivers than these guys. And it's like, well, the option for y'all is y'all want to be lonely. You know, that's the thing well. That we I push. think that there's women that work at these bus driving places, correct? They should date a bus driver. <laughs> Maybe they don't want to date a bus driver. <laughs> Listen, okay, so make another home. <laughs> in this clip, 
Ebony says that people oftentimes think that prenups are just for, you know, the rich, the wealthy, mm-hmm. but that if you're middle class, you mm-hmm. know, if you have a 401k, mm-hmm. you might have some assets. Mm-hmm. You need to think about getting a prenup too. So let's hear her reasoning. We're going to listen to what she had to say. Okay. Let's talk about the fact that, yeah, this is not a conversation for the wealth class. And I think ultimately people feel that way because of the way it's been framed uh, by those of us in the media. Uh, The very first prenup I drew up was for one of my sorority sisters um, who, between her and her future husband, didn't even bring in 200, not didn't even, but they were not clearing $200,000 between the two of them. Uh, And a prenup was a very good idea for them. Why? Uh, the, The gentleman brought in a couple assets into the marriage. Uh, and listen, most states and, and family law, which is what we're talking about, right, guys? Anytime you're talking about spousal support, which is another word for alimony, child support, these things, prenups, those are all governed by local jurisdictions, meaning state by state. And most states have basic statutes or laws in place that say when you bring assets to the relationship or the marriage, those are considered separate property pieces and they will be protected anyway. But why risk it, Right. Uh, because then facts get com- con- conflated where because w- in this case uh, of this young woman in my story, she was going to be moving into his house that he had already owned in, you know, indeed we still had a mortgage on it, but it was mm. deeded to him singularly. So we would like to believe that it would be designated a separate property, but why risk it? So go ahead. That's something you want to put in a in a prenup, something else to put in a prenup. What happens to your pensions? You know, a lot of people in this conversation right now have great jobs from various municipalities and government. We're talking about people in law enforcement, people that are teachers, people that are in nurses, whatever it is, you know, uh, you want to make sure those things are done. So yes, when you're specifically in that kind of like 65 to like $125,000 income range, prenups are for you. So Shells, you don't think you're (laughs) laughing? Why are you laughing? (laughs) Because I'm not getting no prenup at 65k. What, what the heck? So here's, look, think about you this, want my 1500 dollars in the divorce? They somebody might. They Girl. might. Think about this. You would be mad as heck, right? Let's say if you got married, right? Uh-huh. I, I guess for me, I think about. And granted, they're dealing with more money, but you think about your Sherry Shepherds, yeah. your Mary J. Blige's yeah. and such, and they ended up in divorce and yeah. had to pay their husband alimony okay. and things of that nature, right? So if Let's say me and the guy, we're at 65 and 70K a piece, mm-hmm. right? But I have my 401k, mm-hmm. which I've worked hard for. And let's say I had $200,000 in okay. it, right? And I had put some money on my little condo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have some equity in my condo. Why should I have to give that to you? When we divorce, because you're supposed to be the man, right? And Let me start off by saying all of those assets at 65K sounds amazing. Because typically 65K, people don't have those two things you just said. I'm, they might. I know that they probably may not. Like, yeah. I'm not going to judge. But you're just giving an example. Like yeah. if, you, if you built those things over the years, then yes, I agree. If you built those things over the years. See, I'm thinking of, of a perspective of like you just have a job and you're making 65K. But you're saying if you have assets. Yeah. Then yes, so you should. I, I think that, yeah, because and you could, you very well could. If you start working at 18, 19 That's years true. old, right, by the time you're 28, if you've been putting little hundred dollars here, hundred yeah. dollars there into your pinch. If you have a pension or a yeah. 401k, it might be a nice little nest egg. That's and true. your company was matching. 
Oh, why yeah. should if we, you know, meet someone we think we're in love? Oh, two years later, maybe not so much. Yeah. Do you really want to have to give any of that up? No. And I think that I think it's great that she's even raising these topics, because just like myself, I'm saying now, I'm like, I didn't, I'm not even thinking about these things, because when you hear prenup, you think of people that make a way higher wage, have way larger assets. But from your perspective, I think it's good now to have this conversation, because if the average person is making like 65 K, 70 25k they're probably not even thinking like oh this person wouldn't come after my things or my 401k but then there's probably somebody that would so yeah I think that actually now that you you said that and hearing her say that people everybody probably should I mean it's just no one I feel gets married to get divorced right right and nobody wants to talk about that. But then the flip side of that is, well, if we're not going to get divorced, it's really just, you know, some things just in case that we'll never have to deal yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. But I think it is important because, you know, there is something to, for some, leaving with what you came. I mean, there's different things. What if, you know, something happened and you're with him and he lost his job for mm-hmm. a significant time period mm-hmm. and you're the breadwinner, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys are divorcing. But let's say when he had his job, he was making much more money. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have those type of yeah. provisions written out yeah. because he also could say, well, this is my money. Yeah. But I supported you for a year and a half. People and get nasty during money. divorces. They do. They love you until they don't. Yeah, and then there's things that you wouldn't even think your partner would do, and they end up doing them. So it's always good to protect yourself and your assets. So what really quickly, I mean, and it kind of fits along because Lisa Ray, delicious, and well, no, Kay Michelle's never been married, right? I don't think so. No, she just had a broken pocketbook. She said, yeah, and then she was somebody. dating Miff Hints when she was coming up. So I don't think she's been married. No. So. What do you think about that cast and their potential to find love? Oh, my God. It's such an extreme cast. Like, even, like, all those strong personalities, Lisa Ray and Kay Michelle. And Delicious. And Delicious. Like, that is a lot. And I, oof, I would hope that they're... I, ho- I would hope that they find love. I really would because I know that if you watch them through their personal journey on the other shows that they've been at, it seems like that's kind of been a common goal. Um, so I feel like with this next round, hopefully they take it a little bit more serious, but it's going to be challenging. They have some strong personalities and I don't know. I just think sometimes and I, I could be wrong because I'm still of a certain age, but I feel like the older I get, the more stuck I am in my ways, which makes dating more challenging. Right. So I can't even imagine them. They've already been on television. They're all successful. They've all had public breakups, public relationships like that. Now they're dating like criteria. I'm curious to know like what it even is, you know? Did you watch season one? I did. And what did you think? Of I that liked next? it. Yeah. I liked it. I, I liked it. I felt like it wasn't like the average dating show. I mean, there were some moments. Like, I feel like there were some guys on there you can tell literally got cast to just to cast. You know what I mean? I know, I know exactly who you're talking uh-huh. about. So, and then there's other people that seem like they might have been genuinely there to find love. But I really enjoyed it. I think it was, it was, it was a good a good di- dynamic of the dating show and then i like that it was a dating show and these three women are like a like in their 40s bonding together yeah, yeah and so then they we were creating a sis- exactly and they were creating a sisterhood there it wasn't like your average like dating show like these other ones that are on where the people are all in their early 20s when it's like or love 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 is blind which i actually love too but like it was different to see it from a pov of women that were in their 40s looking for love so <clears throat> 
Do you think, because we're talking about Ebony, sort of, in her topic about, you know, middle-class people getting a prenup, and then you look at shows like this, and you think about how quickly Tamar and Lisa were, mm-hmm. I mean, Lisa Ray, Tamar and Evelyn got engaged mm-hmm. in season one, mm-hmm. right? What are your stance on prenups under that circumstance? Or do you think these shows, like, realistically, should they be talking about no. popping out a ring? No, I don't I don't agree. Even with Love is Blind, the whole, like, like in, it's like the end of Queen's Court. Like, the goal is to get engaged? Like, you literally, uh, I don't know. How long are they in the show? Like, six weeks? I don't even think it's that long. I'm going to be honest with you. I think they probably go in about two or three weeks. I can't imagine. That's what I'm saying. So, imagine if you meet a guy on not on television. You meet him, I don't know, on a dating app or just outside. Two weeks. And then, let's say, you continue talking after for additional two to three weeks. And you're getting married. That is so, like, it's just so dangerous because you don't even really know the person. You're still dating the representative. And to throw a ring on that is, like, I don't know. It's kind of wild to me. But maybe you get to a certain point in life, you're like, well, I don't care. Like, I know what I want. Exactly. We'll figure it out. But, like, in those circumstances, you absolutely, like, at the end of the show, we should actually be an NDA and a prenup right there. Because if you serious, sign this NDA. Here you go. Well, what do you think about what's going on with I mean, Tamar? I'm sorry. Yeah, with Tamar and JR from the show mm-hmm. and Tommy. Mm-hmm. I think it's awful. Do you think it's, like, do you think any of it is staged? Or do you think he is caught up in his newfound celebrity? I don't think it is great to date a man who is, when he gets hurt, is willing to go publicly embarrass you Mm. or date somebody that you are arguing with online as a get back. I think a well-seasoned, mature man should handle his hurt in a way different way. If you are still at this point of your life as a business person, a father, uh, you know, you've been a husband at some point or whatever, and you're conducting yourself online publicly in that kind of manner, you wouldn't be a man of mine after. But then also, she likes to conduct herself publicly, so it's like a match made in heaven right. honestly low key I, I i do not do public embarrassment i don't either baby you do anything public you will never hear from me again listen when we come forward we're gonna have more on this topic of course speaking of men that get bitter and strike back we're gonna talk about what's going on with meg and party Ooh, and their subliminal shots across child. the media i think they're both being a little disingenuous mm. with how all of this but you know youthful mm. business we'll get into that all of that and more on the other side you were locked into rsvp with jill monroe here on kbla talk 1580 news and sports is up next Welcome back in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. I love that song. It's so pretty. It makes me think of mountaintops. And I think, was the video like that? Maybe I think of that because the video was like that. She was in the forest or something. That's a good, what, late 90s, early 2000s when videos had real budgets. Come on. A million, two million. And location. Come on now. Lil X. Lil X. And Hype. Hype Williams. Hype Williams, Lil X. Well, Lil X worked for Hype. Okay. I know you know, Jill. I I know you know. And you know what else? Uh, Let's see. Billy Woodruff. Oh, yes. Lionel Martin. Yes. Those were some of the directors back in the day. Um, What is the guy's name? He was married to or with the Noxima girl for a minute. Brett Ratner. Brett oh, so you going back farther than I know. He um and he ended up directing films and stuff like that. Oh, good for him. Yeah. So you know, listen. 
We like Faith Evans. That was sweet. You were locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. I am joined by media personality, Shell. Yes, yes, yes. So listen, I want to talk to you a bit because, you know, people often like try forever. They wish they could go viral one time. They wish that they could end up on the Jasmine brand, the Shade Room Neighborhood Talk Complex. Hollywood Unlocked, Yahoo, BuzzFeed, just to name a few. Just, I know, just, just like the you. list is on and on and on. But really, like, it is a talent. Thank you. It is, you know, to be witty and quick like that, yeah. to say things, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. But to be able to connect with people like that yeah. online, and you also have a business where you help people along with that. But we'll yeah. get into that in a second, but... How did you know, like, how does one know that they have a talent for that? Like, were you always just quick with the responses and the comebacks or? Yeah. So my first viral tweet was in um, 2020 during the pandemic. And I just tweeted about, um, I was, what did I say? I was like, I'm going to let y'all go outside. Exactly. I was like, I'm going to let y'all go outside. I'm going to let the first batch of air hit y'all, you know, to see what happens first. And I was serious, joking serious, but like, I just tweeted it. And then I was like, you know, and then then the the next tweet was, I said, you know, like how the iPhones have the S iPhone S. I was like, I'm going to let y'all, I don't remember tweet, go to tweet. So, oh, but like. And that was my first time going viral. And I remember I was working out. And then I seen it, like, got all these likes and got all these likes and got all these retweets. I didn't know what to do. I just, like, stopped in my tracks. I was like, what is this? I was like, oh, my God, am I going viral? And then after that, it just snowballed. So here's the thing. People ask me all the time, like, like, how do you go viral? And I always tell them, I don't know. Like, I never send a tweet out and I'm like, oh, this is going to be this the one. This one's going right? to be it. Yeah. I think the, the key to everything that I say on top of it just being really, really, really funny, I think it's just so relatable. Like, sometimes I say things and I'll tweet them. Like, I'm laughing as I'm typing it, right? And I'm like, I don't know if somebody going to think this funny. I'm like, well, this is hilarious to me. Like, And it is a skill and it is a talent because I'll see something and then automatically my mind will go to, like, what to tweet about it, like, what, you know, like, what gift to use, like, what to say. So um, people ask me, like, if they you know, like they want to go viral and I'm just like, be yourself, you know, like if there's something, there's some thought you have out there. There's some joke you have out there that I feel like somebody will mess with. But if you like go out there and you like intent to go viral, it's probably will never happen that way. Like if you like, Oh, I'm about to go viral. It's like, well, if it does amazing, but like, just be you, you know, like I'm outside of Twitter. I'm like just witty and funny like that. So it's just me translating that conversation and that, you know, type of banter, you know, just typing it out as opposed to just saying it. But I feel like it don't translate in, in, on like when, it, when I do a video, I feel like it's not the same. I, well, I think sometimes, you know, with video, sometimes we get nervous or we get in our head yeah. when we're, you know, trying to work out the delivery mm-hmm. and get that just that right mm-hmm. little moment to make mm-hmm. it hit. But you talk about authenticity in that and just being yourself. How does it feel to see because here's the thing, we all, what makes something relatable is it's something that we've all thought, but maybe not articulated or yeah. said, right? But one of the things that I noticed with that tweet and then later with some of the other tweets mm-hmm. that you have that have gone viral is people try and remix it, oh, but girl. they're not quite as witty girl. as you. So sorry, they're remixing it, but it's not quite it. 
Is imitation the sincerest form of no, flattery for you? No, it is not. No, it is not. I cannot stand it. So one particular, I remember I had one tweet that got copied by a popular blog on Instagram that all he does is post blank Just tweets. Hello? <laughs> I had one tweet make it to his page and he was blocked immediately. I'm not playing that. I think, and I say this all the time about Twitter, we have to find a way where people cannot steal our intellectual property. If you steal a TikTok or if you copy something that's a video format, it's a big deal. Or even like, you know, in journalists as a publication, it's a big deal. But somebody could literally go to your tweet, put it down, paste it, screenshot it, crop your name out, put it on a white background, and then... They're now called memes. Oh, I'm right. a meme page creator. No, those are literally somebody's thoughts. Like when my friends send me like memes or whatever, they're like, this, look at this. It's so funny. I'm like, I know the girl who tweeted that. Like, and it's over here on Instagram now or on Facebook. And I just think it's really unfair. And I know sometimes people like they'll have conversations with me like about like, oh, you're on Twitter. Like, I'm pretty sure like this is like taking you like some places and it's like it can but i feel like video content is gold yeah. which i'm like moving more towards in now than having twitter but um uh, i don't like what did drake say he was like imitations and flattery is just annoying like it, it's annoying to me you know it's like why would you just sell my tweet like that and then when people say your tweet and then go viral too off of it it's right. very annoying and it's like it's just not gonna have the same like same like weediness added to me it's not gonna hit the same it's not gonna hit the same because you don't know so we talked a little bit about you know revenge men talking in public when we were talking mm -hmm. about jr mm -hmm. and um tamar braxton's mm -hmm. fiance mm -hmm. and things like that what are your thoughts on this second phase of meg and party because i feel like both of them are being a little disingenuous mm -hmm. I think that Meg saying, and I understand you guys say I slept with everyone. So mm -hmm. how do you know what ex-boyfriend I was talking about? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, mm -hmm. that felt a little gaslighty, mm -hmm. just a tad because, mm -hmm. well, Meg, this was your last known relationship. Mm -hmm. You guys broke up out of the blue. You went from so in love to we don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. So naturally... Yeah. People are going to assume yeah. as well as him. Yeah. Even if it didn't happen, like you're trying to clickish. And you know, he did go a little extra yeah. in his song, but ride the wave, you did. I don't know. Yeah. I what mean are your thoughts about his that? defense was like, Well, she brought it up, nobody would know. But then it's like we can't control how somebody deals with their pain through their art, right? And I just think like I don't know. I don't know. Something about like him wanting to like make a diss record. Like everything that they do is so ping pong, you know, like she makes a diss record. He makes a diss record. Like, you know, he goes on air. Then she goes on live. Like, I, I just feel like something about their breakup feels very unsettled to me because when you're like done with somebody on each side, him or her, it's like, I wouldn't care if somebody wrote a song or if somebody went live. Like, I'm done. Like, you could say what you want to say. And then he's like, well, I'm defending myself. But you don't really have to, though. You could have, like, just moved on. And the thing about it is people don't understand that the social media cycle is very fast. If he would have never responded, the song would have done what it would have done. And we would have moved on from it. But the fact that he responded... Now we re we're rehashing it again, you know? And then it's like, he goes on... A tour for press tour for what I I do not know was he promoting anything I don't believe so I think he well I guess that single 
That is insane. See, now that's insane. Now it's like, it's just like everybody is trying to get get each other back. They're trying to get each other back. But my thing is like, what's the resolve? Like, you know, it's like, are you guys going to get back together? No. Then like, what are, what are we looking for? Like, what is going to be the end goal until somebody just stops talking about it? I mean, I think there's probably still some, like you said, unresolved issues yeah. related to the relationship. They're still pretty young. Of course. Well, I don't know how old Party is. Well, there's the, been rumors. They right? said he's about thirty. He's supposed to be about thirty-three. Somebody online said he was like in his forties. I don't believe he in his forties. I think he like in his thirties. But when I say young, after so I'm older. I'm when I'm, and I'm gonna say this proudly because in my mind, anybody that's like under thirty is gonna be like you're young to me. So it's like I'm gonna say those things like you said, like well they're young, you know, and they're still figuring it out because. At 29, 28, you are. Like, we've all been 28, 29 before, even 30. Like, you think you have it figured out or you think you've healed. And then and then they're in the limelight on top of that. Yeah. So it makes things way harder because I, can ima- I can't even imagine, like, what their tweets are like, what their Instagram is like, you know, like, people adding them, people saying things. So um, I, I, I guess I think that it could have been resolved privately, though. I mean, I agree, but... It, it- for is it more beneficial to them and their careers to resolve at least a portion of it publicly mm-hmm. to stay real? Not that I mean, Meg obviously has a lot of support, a mm-hmm. lot of fans, mm-hmm. but here's the thing we're still talking about this, but again, where's the song on the charts? Are people listening yeah. to it? And Meg is a talent, she yeah. can spit, she's but... very talented, yeah, and it's like. Unfortunately, these type of things outshine the music. I'm like, but to me, I don't know how anybody else in the world is, but I never see online banter and say, I want to go hear the song. Right. So I think people use as a people believe that people use these kind of things as a marketing scheme, but I've never seen online T and was like, I'm about to go listen to the song. Well, maybe not that, but it the keeps first you... time, yes, but I'm saying, but, but on top of it, it keeps you just relevant in the conscious and their conversation That's so true. that if I have a campaign or something I want to promote, yeah. maybe you'll That's think of that. True. When we come forward, we'll have more wish chill, more trending topics, more <laughs> headlines, more, more, more. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. Hey, keeping you informed, entertained, and always ahead of the curve. Ahead of the curve. Hey. RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. We are still joined in studio by Jill. Look, so do you think that in this new era, right? Mm -hmm. It is now popular. Like, I remember back in the day, men would always act. Because I feel like men have always been some of the best gossips. You get some of the best gossip. Oh my God, from the barbershop? What? All the tea. But, you know, they always say that that is women's behavior, or they used to, right? Yeah. And do you feel like in this new era, men are more chatty patties than the women? Absolutely. They love a good gossip sesh. What? Like, and then. Um... And I just tweeted about this, and I was like, you know, when you're tweeting online or talking online, having online conversations about pop culture entertainment news, I was like, there's always this one guy that's like, you don't know these people. And I'm like, and you don't know LeBron either. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, let us have our things. And it's like, they'll chat about it if it's like related to them and somehow, like, like, like example, like if it's about sports or if it's sports tea, like who they're dating who. I'm online all the time. I'm chronically online, and men 
all always gossiping about entertainment news. It just is what it is. I don't know why they feel like they're not gossiping. It's gossiping because they feel that um, that they have the conversation more rationally. I think that's what they think. And it's not. <laughs> so we're at the end of the year, right? Yes. Have you thought about like a top list? Like what would be, you know, we always talk about the calendar of mm -hmm. the top topics of mm -hmm. the year and stuff. So since we're winding down, what would be some of your top headlines that you can oh think of gosh. for this past year? You know, it went so fast. Every Didn't time, it? every time, like every week, I feel like there was like five crazy headlines. And when we get to the end of the year, I'm like, that happened this year because things happen so fast. I'm like, that wasn't 2021 right. or 2022. Um, what has been crazy? Oh, so let so, me give you Usher, the Usher Vegas saga with all the women. That I ended up on everywhere because remember, I tweeted to Jacquees, Jacquees retweeted it, Usher right. liked it. It ended up on Complex, it ended up on Yahoo. It was a whole debacle. And that that's another thing with my tweets. Like, I don't at celebrities. Like, I like to kind of keep it discreet. I use asterisks. But I, I, I said, all I said was, that's Usher. I can see if it was Jacquees. <laughs> and he literally retweeted it. And then Usher going to be messy and like it. And then I'm like, this is getting so messy. But that was crazy. And then for it to transition into, like, a whole domestic violence thing in real life. Like, the story just had so many turns. Right. But, yeah, that was probably was a big moment for sure. Usher's residency alone. And then on top of that, like, just women going and then Kiki Palmer and, like, that her unfortunate situation with her child's father. But there was so many. Now that you said that, I want to go back and look and see, like, what was the crazy thing that happened? Think about all the things that we have. To, Will and Jada oh was God. just a couple months ago. Oh, my God. And all of that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Think about the fact that... Um, what, Carly Russell happened this year? Oh, my God. That was insane. The Alabama brawl. About... Oh, my God. With the chair? Yes. Oh, my God. That was insane. See, these things happen week after week. They happen so fast. And then you want to pile on show stuff, like from Housewives stuff, Listen. you know, and like other shows that are on Bravo or other networks, like it's all going too fast, and it's crazy. Because now, when I get home and I'm in a, on my way home in the car, I'm gonna be like, "Damn, what, what happened this year? That like <laughs> what really was happened? so crazy this year?" Because now that you said all those, and I feel like we're missing so much more. Oh, we are for sure. So, okay, reality TV. Who? What's your top right now? Atlanta, Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Potomac, or Married to Medicine? Married to Medicine, without I, a shadow of a doubt. I love those ladies, and under that will be Potomac. Okay. But married to medicine, quad, that's my girl. Do you think that um, they're being fair to her this season? No, I don't. You don't? But I don't think she's being accountable either. Mm. I think that they are, there are moments where it's like, I'm waiting. I'm like, okay, this could be her moment to be accountable. And she's just like, and you guys did things to me. And I'm like, y'all, like somebody has to be accountable. But if you go back in history with her and some of the ladies, like, they were never really cool, but at the same time, they had their their small moments. I think Kwa is beautiful. I think she's still in her prime. I feel like she doesn't have to be on this show necessarily. And then the whole thing with her ex-husband and the new girl, it's just very murky. And I think that Kwa should walk away with some dignity at this point. I feel that. Absolutely. Um, so do you think that there's going to be a shift as far as what we like in reality TV, because some of the shows that have been our standards are 
you know, kind of long in the tooth mm-hmm. and feeling sort of stale. Mm-hmm. And even we have a lot of new ones coming up, you know, like Malaysia from Basketball Wives, mm-hmm. uh, Usher's Ex, mm-hmm. Tamika, and one other person. They're going to be on something called Bad and Bougie yeah, yeah. on WeTV. Carlos. Yeah, yeah, Carlos is coming. Yeah. And um, there's a couple of other things. So do you think that we're going to see the rise of some new franchises or yeah. I I do and I, I think that's great. I think that gives people that are coming up as creators, producers, directors, writers, I feel like it gives people another opportunity to come on these shows. But I think I like to see fresh faces though. I when I see like reality stars like jump from other like shows too fast, it just looks like you need a check. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and like you're willing to go on any show with any subject matter like girl what is this show even about like what is this it doesn't even align with your brand you know or you just hopping on the show because it's like i need me a little check and in reality from what i be learning understanding them checks don't even be like that they are not you might as well go to a call center they are not that exciting <laughs> but call center doesn't have uh clout chase you're right you're right listen when we come forward we are going to get into more with chell more on this reality TV thing because I want to know your thoughts on Zeus Network. And we're going to talk a little bit about Rick Ross's new boo and what she says the haters are doing and um, why you are not being loved by a man who is showing you how to stand in your power. Okay, girl. We're going to figure out what that means. All of that more on the other side. You're locked into RS3 People, Jill Monroe, here on KBLA Talk 1580.